welcome to Beckett Talks, the podcast series from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we will be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. I'm Sarah Cardwell and today I'm joined in the studio by Mariam Rears from the School of Health. Mariam is a lecturer in counselling and mental health and is a registered psychotherapist. She's with me for Black History Month to talk about how we can make counselling more diverse and inclusive and to share her own personal journey into becoming a lecturer and psychotherapist. Mariam, thanks for joining me. Tell me a bit about yourself and how you got into this field of research. Hi, Sarah, and a very warm welcome to, to our listeners. Thank you for having me today. It's a bit of a personal journey. It really stems from uh, my experiences uh, of being, for example, the only person of colour on my training course, uh, and then also moving into private practice, recognising some of the um, areas um, in counselling psychotherapy practice that lack diversity um, and the implications onto the community, uh, and also my personal experiences of um, sort of microaggressions, racism, being treated um, and feeling uh, like uh, different for, for, from the cohort that uh, I'm working with or the profession that I'm working uh, in. Um, so it's a, a bit of a personal journey um, that's really fueled um, my uh, interest in uh, writing and researching academically to provide resources and turning those unhelpful negative experiences into something positive, resourceful and helpful. So you've mentioned there some of the challenges you've come up against. Can you tell me a bit more about the barriers in mental health to support BAME communities? Yes, yeah, so one of the um, largest barriers is um, overcoming the um, understand and un cultural understandings and misconceptions around mental health. Um, if we can sort of work towards overcoming them, um, so for example, working as more informed practitioners, having awareness of people's cultural uh, and religious differences, um, then we, we can sort of convey a message to the community that we do work in an inclusive way uh, and we can support a positive mes message about how helpful it can be in engaging in counselling, psychotherapy and mental health services. So it really starts with tackling the, the challenges about the misconceptions and different cultural uh, misunderstandings about counselling and mental health. And what sort of misunderstandings are those? So, uh, for example, recognising that mental health, for example, suffering or experiencing problems and challenges with your mental health uh, is a genuine need. Um, that needs to be addressed um, and often people may, for example, may refer to um, religious resources and may uh, refer to sort of significant people in the community rather than engage in and treating the mental health problems. So, for example, if somebody ex is experiencing um, depression, anxiety, um, even as far as often in when, when pe people are experiencing psychosis, they may turn to other resources of support in the community rather than engage with mental health services. And, and that could be for many reasons. It could be that they don't feel that they'll be understood. For example, if somebody is hearing voices, uh, you know, they could 
they, they want to know that they, they, they're understood from the practitioner about where these voices are coming from uh, or if somebody's experiencing depression and anxiety related to particular uh, cultural aspects, cultural aspects of being uh, in family dynamics, then, then they need that confidence and reassurance that the practitioner that they're working with will understand all aspects of their identity and experience to make them fully engaged in the services. And how do you think we can overcome these? I think one of the key approaches is in introducing more sort of inclusive practice in our training and education. Um, and I, I firmly, firmly believe, I think knowledge uh, and awareness is, is key. Uh, and if we were able to uh, inform people um, of the different challenges that communities face um, and also just introduce more inclusive practices um, throughout the curriculum uh, and throughout the seminars, the topics uh, and lectures that we cover. So we're, we're then also recognising the importance and the contributions that other communities make. And do you think it's important to get more BAME trained counsellors on board as well? Yes, um, I think that that will be helpful. Um, uh, again, it, it comes into um, perhaps working with um, uh, and targeting um, particular communities. Uh, so we may need to take a targeted approach, for example, like the North Point Scholarship Programme that we've introduced this year. Um, it was specifically targeted to a community where counsellors and therapists are lacking. Um, so we can kind of improve the amount of um, therapists available in the service. And I think that's one strand. The other strand is working also with existing therapists or um, therapists for that don't come from a background of colour, um, to educate them uh, and provide them with resources, tools, strategies um, and awareness to, to work in an inclusive way. So they have the confidence then to work with people uh, of all backgrounds um, and people from diversity too. And obviously the therapists of the future, the students that you work mm -hmm. with, how do you get them to sort of think about this and consider this? We um, we, we weave it into all, all aspects of our curriculum. So we have undergraduate programmes and postgraduate programmes. So the undergraduate programme is the, our degree at the BSE in counselling and mental health. And we start off at that kind of level is in raising the students' awareness to this idea of difference um, and you know, having uh, conversations and dialogues about understanding uh, what is different and the impact sort of negative and un unhelpful judgments can have um, to uh, uh, as a way to improve the knowledge and awareness of some of the stigmas and some of the challenges that people face in society. Um, and then as they uh, move further, we in encourage them to develop this understanding into critical reflections uh, of practice. So by the time then they, they've completed that course, uh, we're, we're really looking at them feeling confident and competent to work with um, diversity uh, and to sort of uh, pioneer inclusive practice. Um, and that, that means working with all areas of difference. Um, so the approach we use is, yes, working with race, uh, culture, religion, um, sexual or orientation, uh, gender, 
uh, any aspect of difference um, to a person's identity. We encourage uh, open and honest dialogue to improve the awareness so they can engage with the topic um, to help them um, sort of move forward and, and, and develop uh, better awareness so that they, they feel more confident with the issues rather than feel you know that it's taboo they can't talk about it we want them to be able to have helpful and constructive dialogue and conversations as practitioners because you know uh, with our courses um, majority of our students they will go into a caring profession so we want them to be able to work in a compassionate non-judgmental way uh, and also like I said be pioneers for like sort of inclusive practice in whichever um, area they, they choose to work in. Uh, and then we have the, the courses that are specifically designed for practitioners. So our uh, MA in uh, integrative counselling and our uh, diploma um, in integrative counselling. So for, for those courses, we, we take a more skills based approach. So we look at strategies and identify ways that are more helpful and more inclusive uh, ways of working with clients. And how do the students sort of react when these issues are raised? Are they fully aware of them or are they learning new things all the time? I think the students uh, respond um, based on the, 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 the teaching and the lecturers uh, and the teaching team. So, uh, of course, when people kind of start these conversations and dialogues, there is going to be a little bit of nervousness and anxiousness, like, oh, my gosh, you know, can I say this? Can I share this? Um, so we as a teaching team foster uh, a safe environment, um, you know, giving students that reassurance that this is not a place that they'll be judged. This is not about having a right answer or a wrong answer uh, or always getting things right um, it's about learning um, and we learn through dialogue so if we can foster a safe working uh, environment for the students so that they can confidently share their experiences with us um, we can work through um, the issues and concerns then um, and it's just absolutely fascinating and you know and, and, and it's really touching at times too that um, as the students kind of progress over the different levels the way their confidence and trust in the teaching team builds as well so that they then go on to share actually personal experiences or uh, you know this is what happened to me on the weekend or I know my friend experienced this or my cousin went into town and this is how they were treated so that they have that confidence that they can use real life examples of any injustices or you know uninclusive behavior and use them as examples uh, to share and work through uh, to you know to to encourage supportive practice in case anything like that happens with any of the clients that they work with and how important do you think it is to kind of foster that open dialogue between the students and the lecturers to to get them to open up and to encourage them I think it's absolutely essential and it's something that we really um, value and work uh, on as a team um, and our approach is that we start to foster that non-judgmental, open, inclusive, safe environment as a team first. So I know as, as a team member um, at a team meeting, if there's anything that um, I need to discuss and mention that I've got a safe environment to share and discuss things with my colleagues, uh, not to feel that we're gonna have awkward conversations or anything like that. Um, and I think if we can model that as a team first, then that really gives us the confidence 
um, to carry that model and show that in our teaching. Um, and I think during the pandemic, it's been a good example because we, we've been able to team teach where there, there's often uh, two lecturers uh, teaching uh, or leading seminars. Uh, and, you know, the feedback we've received is that the students have found it extremely helpful to watch and learn from the dialogues um, from the teaching team to um, uh, as an example of how to uh, approach things uh, and to build up that confidence in uh, being able to address sensitive topics and not feel ashamed or awkward uh, about having challenging conversations. If you'd like to make a difference to individuals and communities, from exploring the diagnosis or treatment of disease, to the provision of therapies for recovery and rehabilitation, to community-based social care, the School of Health is the place for you. You'll be part of a community that's committed to improving health outcomes locally and globally. We work closely with partners to improve practice, tackle health inequalities, and inspire the next generation of leaders in treatment and care. Many of our courses are professional body accredited, ensuring you receive an education and develop the practical skills and experience employers value. So, whether you're starting out on your journey or wishing to progress professionally, find out more at leadsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash health. What are the best ways to prepare students for their roles in the future for working life? Encouraging them to um, improve in the self-awareness uh, of any issues or judgments that they might be faced with. You know, we, we recognise it's human nature to judge. Uh, you know, we do it the minute we leave the house, uh, you know, or as soon as we, we switch on the TV, uh, if we've been at home. Uh, you know, we by nature we judge, you know, whether it, whatever, whether it's the, the colour of a person's hair, the way they dress, it can be anything. Um, so we're, we're not saying and um, we're not developing like ideal per perfectionism because, you know, perfectionism wouldn't exist. We are, you know, by human nature, we, we do uh, carry judgments and beliefs and perceptions. Um, what we do is to encourage a dialogue about those perceptions, judgments, misunderstandings, so we can foster an open and safe dialogue um, where we can work through and challenge and overcome um, the, the, the issues um, so our judgments and perceptions don't cause any harm um, and they, they foster uh, inclusivity. Obviously, you're part of the School of Health. What do you think um, the students benefit from from the School of Health? What are the best things about it? I think we, we offer some of the best courses uh, and by far, I think, you know, uh, we offer the best learning experience. Uh, and again, I think it's a team effort uh, and we like to foster that as a team first. Um, so it starts with our sort of head of subject, our course directors, um, then, the, then the teaching team uh, and we've foster that inclusive practice approach um, so we can work, um, you know, so it's easier and it comes more natural when we are engaging with the students. Um, and as part of the teaching experiences, you know, future plans are when things are getting to back to normal uh, as such is to, you know, have more creative ways of working with students, uh, introducing um, creative approaches of expression, uh, of dialogue, 
uh, so people feel again safe uh, and confident and to be able to to challenge any ju judgments and misconceptions any microaggressions um, so we you know they can work in a more inclusive way so yeah we offer the best learning experience and what sort of feedback do you get from the students I'm very good um, so far um, and and you know we we're, we're very humble and appreciative of that uh, and like I said the the um, the the most reassuring feedback is when students feel safe enough to share examples with us, uh, safe enough to say, actually, this is what happened and actually this is what I thought. Uh, and, you know, because we've been able to explore uh, and understand things, I, you know, I understand things better now. Uh, you know, uh, I, I understand even my colleagues at work or my colleagues here on the course a bit better now. Um, so that's progress. Um, in itself. So you have the academic progress um, on, on top of that, which is you start to see reflections in the students' assignments around diversity and inclusive practice. Um, and when we see that, personally for me, I think it's very, very touching that, you know, even from a, such a young age, they've um, sort of developed the, these concepts and understandings, and if they can write about them, and include them in the academic assignments. You know, you can see that voice coming through for them um, and how that will really implement into their practice in the future to become sort of very inclusive, non-judgmental practitioners. You mentioned there about sort of, um, of speaking to them when they're young enough to sort of take these things on board. Do you think it's something that should be considered for even younger um, children to sort of introduce it to them at a very early age of how they should behave and what's right and wrong? And that's a very good question. And I think for, for a young, younger age, it, it would be about raising awareness. And, uh, and I think the Black Lives Matters movement um, has actually raised awareness in the community. We are seeing now more people of colour uh, on adverts in TV programmes, you know, all across society. It's like, you know, it's it's had a huge impact on improving people's awareness uh, and I think from a young age if people can sort of uh, look up to you know role models that are like them um, if they see their own ethnicity um, their, their, their own culture represented in the mainstream um, and certainly see role models um, from their own cultural background, from their own race, from their own religion. I think from a young age that has a positive impact in terms of how people will feel about themselves. Um, and then as they, they sort of move in, into education, they'll feel more optimistic about inclusive practice. They'll feel that, you know, that there is hope um, and that, that there is opportunities for them to succeed. Uh, to and be part of wider society and contribute to society too. So I think, so, yeah, definitely from a young age, role models are very important. So we've mentioned the students. What about you? What's your favourite part of being in this field? I think being able to make a difference. Um, I, I think uh, for me personally, um, you know, education um, is a very important tool to develop critical thinking, critical reflection, um, which contributes to you being a more open minded and successful person. Um, and I think it's a position of privilege um, to be able to work with the students across our courses from the under, younger undergraduate uh, students to the more mature postgraduate um, and sort of um, higher education students too. Uh, and I think it, it's a real privilege to be part of that journey 
um, and contribute to the development of, of uh, a person. And what are the key messages that you would like listeners to take away from this? I think what the key message would be for me is this um, uh, idea um, of developing inclusive practice. So if there's two takeaways um, I could recommend to people is um, first just having that awareness that, yes, these things do exist. You know, we have things like Black History Month um, just to remember and recognise the contributions that people have made. So, like I said, so people have those positive role models that are representative of their race, their ethnicity, the cultural heritage that they come from. So it's having that awareness um, first and foremost. Um, and I think to uh, engage in dialogue. Uh, being mindful that sometimes our comments, you know, can can cause harm or our judgments, our misconceptions um, can cause harm. For example, microaggressions, they can be um, perceived as a, a person feeling misunderstood, uh, a person feeling othered. Um, so it's recognising that we may all carry bias and judgments, but to be open and honest about them and engage in dialogue, ask um, if we don't understand something, clarify things, bring things into our awareness, especially the biases uh, unconsciously that we carry. Um, so we, we can be open about who we are and how we treat other people. Uh, and also um, the, the, the second takeaway message is that we can all make a difference, however small or however little we may think it is, whether it's sort of contributing towards um, more of an inclusive curriculum um, or whether it's just encouraging your team to have these open and honest dialogues um, and, and nurturing uh, a safe environment for you as a team to discuss this so you can then confidently work with the students. Uh, I think, you know, even small steps um, eventually will contribute to, to a, a big difference. And finally, just one more thing. You've mentioned role models a lot and the importance mm -hmm. of them. Who's your role model? Growing up, I um, really admired the resilience and strength uh, of Muhammad Ali um, because he, he, he was one of the, the first people I remember distinctively and openly talking uh, about his identity, his race um, and also his religion. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, it was inspiring. It gave me confidence to say, yes, you know, you can talk openly uh, and be confident that you know there are parts of your identity that you are very proud of um, and I also like his resilience that um, even after adversity and his sort of poor health and illness uh, his resilience to still carry on and contribute uh, and make a message and I think he is the greatest of all time because his legacy still lives on till today. The other aspect um, uh, to that is that when people remember and think of him today, they don't remember him as a person of colour. Um, and I think um, that echoes volumes that we can come over um, stereotypes and biases. They remember him for the genuinely good person he was and the legacy that he has left behind for, for community and for society. Um, so the fact that people don't see colour as soon as his name is mentioned um, is a legacy in itself. What a great and inspirational place to end our chat. Thanks for being with me today, Mariam. The Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday, 
So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. See you next week.